Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Oh, gee. Make some noise! How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. Hip, hip, hooray! The Giants, that's right, your New York football Giants have won two games in a row for the first time in almost two years. But are they getting any respect? I'll talk about that. Plus this silly, silly story regarding former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice as a coaching candidate for the Cleveland Browns. Forget about it. And on a far, far more serious and somber note, former NFL linebacker and defensive end with the Atlanta Falcons, Tim Green, stricken with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. So like I said, listen up, folks, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. All right. Let me begin by wishing all of you and your respective families a happy and healthy Thanksgiving with the holiday upon us and uh, all good things, you know, coming in for the holiday season and the new year. And speaking of all good things, two games certainly don't make everything honky-dory, but a two-game winning streak is a two-game winning streak. And when you've been one and seven and miserable, it certainly makes you and your fans happy. And that is exactly what the Giants have right now, courtesy of yesterday's 38-35 victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That comes uh, on the heels of their win over the San Francisco 49ers. So they have two games in a row. You know, and I've already heard, oh, let's not, let's not get crazy. Let's not get nuts. You know, the half, you can either look at the glass half full or you can look at it half empty. And I'm finding plenty of people looking at it half empty. I get it. I understand. But the Giants did what they needed to do the last two games. They won two games. And I don't care if you're playing the little sisters of the poor. Eli Manning, Eli Manning connected on 17 of 18 passes. He was near perfect. 17 of 18 for 231 yards and two touchdowns. Okay? I mean, I don't care, like I said, if you're throwing against a peewee team or the little sisters of the poor, 17 of 18 is 17 of 18. 
And certainly in that game, how can you not drool over, you know, Saquon Barkley, uh, their number two pick, well, not the number two pick overall, their first pick in the draft, 142 yards on 27 carries. And, you know, listen, you've while while all the naysayers and everybody's, you know, from the beginning, well, the Giants should have drafted a quarterback. I've maintained that they took the right guy because the right guy was the best best athlete in the draft. And that was Saquon Barkley. Having said that. You know what they say? Football is the most team oriented game of all the professional sports. And I think that goes without a doubt, without a doubt. You know, the hip bones connected to the thigh bone, the thigh bones connected to the shin bone, you know, all all that stuff. Well, let me tell you what, no sport does it apply more, in no sport does it apply more than in football. And living proof has been the offense, has been the line play, the improved play of the offensive line of your New York Giants, okay? Because all you got to do is look what has happened. You think it's a coincidence that Eli's had two terrific games in a row? I don't think it's a coincidence. Just happened to happen. I think you're talking about an offensive line that is greatly improved. First of all, uh, the addition of Jamon Brown is huge, just just tremendous. It's, I mean, and I'm not just talking about his 340 pounds. He's a very talented football player. The new right guard who they got on waivers, you know, claimed him on waivers from the Rams. Now, Eli was sacked four times yesterday. Well, yesterday, you know, I'm taping this on Monday. He was sacked four times. But he was also kept upright quite a bit. And because he was kept upright, he had time to make connections, big connections. There was a a 54-yard catch and run. Uh to uh, Evan Ingram. There was that honey of a play, 41-yard on the money, 41-yard bomb, uh, first possession to uh, Odell Beckham Jr. That That's not by accident. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the back pages, and it's Saquon, and it's, it's this and that. In fact, Someplace they called Eli unsung here. Unsung. I mean, the guy was 17 of 18, but the offensive line is now playing well. And when the offensive line is now playing well, it's not just, it's not just Eli benefiting from that. It's the running game as well. Yeah, folks, it's the running game as well. It's not just Eli. I I saw some much, much improved run blocking. Much improved. 
run blocking, run blocking that we hadn't seen. You know, Giants rushed for a total, I mean, 142 of those yards belonged to um, Saquon, but they, they rushed for 163 yards. I mean, you're rushing for 163 yards, you're doing that, and you got the likes of Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. I mean, that allows Eli, it allows the play action. It, 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 it Creating a good, on both sides of the ball, football can be very complicated. But it makes it a whole lot easier. Makes it, it it simplifies things a great deal when everybody, as they say, is executing. Giant giants were guilty the first half of the season of not executing. Head coach Pat Shermer, you, you know, would bristle when people would ask him questions about his team's effort and understandably so because it wasn't about effort it was about lack of execution and when there's a lack of chemistry it is hard to execute you had an offensive line that was new and i'm not making listen i'm the you you heard me here say several times they they were playing horrible then you got you, the guy who was penciled in Halapio, Halapio, who, who was penciled in as your starter, he, he breaks his leg, his foot, whatever the heck it was, so he was gone. So that created a whole mess. Then they put in somebody else, John Greco, who was really on the team as a veteran backup lineman. Okay? But now, th- th- then Spencer Pulley gets put in, and Greco moves to the guard. But now... When they acquire Jamon Brown, Greco takes a seat, remains, he's where he was penciled in as a backup. Pulley happens to be doing a nice job. Brown is doing an excellent job, and they are getting chemistry. That doesn't happen overnight, not on the offensive line. And like why I say, all is not perfect. You got far more, far more things to take care of. Many, many more things to take care of. But Giants have themselves two wins in a row. They're going into Philadelphia. And then they're going to be home against the Bears. You know, Philadelphia's got their own problems now. But. They still are the Eagles. They still are your defending Super Bowl champs. It still is enemy territory. And you know how things are in the NFC East. I don't care if you're at the top of the heap or at the bottom. NFC East is always wars. So let the Giants go in there, continue to improve, continue to take care of business. You know, Odell Beckham, you know, first of all, let's get something straight. Odell Beckham did not say, we're going to win the last eight games. I'm hearing, you know, different things. Odell Beckham Jr. never said that. He said what we're going to do when, when he was there. I was standing right at his locker when he was asked. He was asked, 
what what I'm paraphrasing. What do you hope to accomplish? What what what's your goal for the second half of the season? You know, this was coming back after you know a bye week and a one and seven first half of the season. He said to win win all eight games. That's the goal. Whether people think it's realistic or not, he's a football player. Who, you know, the last year and a half certainly has had enough of losing. So I'm not going to sit here and criticize the Giants or belittle the meaning of these last two victories. They did what they were supposed to do. They won two football games. Okay? We're not anointing them uh, the next Super Bowl champions. Okay? We're not anointing them a juggernaut. But I'll tell you what. When you get an offensive line that does its job, believe me, and you'll get no arguments from anybody around the National Football League. With the offensive line performing, yes, indeed, these Giants, this giant offense certainly has the makings of being a juggernaut. You got firepower on your receivers. You got a running back who's a superstar. And you got a veteran quarterback who's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. And, you know, this business that Eli, you know, he's not mobile. He's never been mobile. It's almost like age discrimination. Really, it's it might sound silly, but, you know, when you're 30 years old and, uh, you know, let's go back seven, eight years ago, nobody gave a rat's ass. Nobody was saying he can't do it anymore. He was never mobile. He was never scrambling Fran Tarkington. But you see, when you start to get older, and then they start to look at your birth certificate and you're not scrambling, now now you're an old fart. That's not fair. So all I'm saying is, you know, for Eli and... and, uh, the Giants, if the offensive line continues to play this way, it's going to make for a very interesting rest of the season. Okay? I, I mean, I, I'd be lying if I expect them to win all their remaining games. All right? I, I just, I, I don't see them winning their remaining six games. I'm not going to lie about it. But you know what, folks? You can't win four in a row until you win three in a row. You can't win five in a row until you win four in a row. And what, you know, Michael Thomas, who had a big interception yesterday, had he played a very good game. You know, Michael Thomas said it very well. Every game is a one-game season. That's the way it has to be approached. And if the Giants do that, let them have some fun the rest of the way. Let it be a one-game season. 
You take them one at a time and see what happens. And I, and I'm I'm you know, uh, I'm trying to simplify things. Football's a complicated game, and that's why you need to try and simplify it. If everybody does their job and everybody executes the way they're supposed to execute, they get the job done instead of executing themselves, if you know what I mean. So we will see what happens with that. But right now, it's an improved team. A very much improved offense. You know, all of a sudden, Eli Manning didn't go to the Fountain of Youth. What he did get is help up front. And again, Pat Sherman said it, beginning of the season, we're going to go as far as the offensive line takes us. Quarterback gets the headlines. The star receivers get the headlines. The star running back, Saquon, gets the headlines. But trust me, for lack of a better term, they're not getting jack shit unless the guys up front block. Okay? So we'll leave it at that. All right. Sticking with football business. Sticking with football business. This was the most dumbest. I mean, when I heard this, like I said, who came up with this cockamamie story? It happened to be ESPN citing an anonymous league source that the team wanted to interview former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice for the vacant head coaching job of the Cleveland Browns. Okay? Yeah. No, really. That was the deal. Now, fortunately, General Manager John Dorsey squashed that and said, no, she's not a candidate. When I heard she was a candidate, I said, my goodness, then, then crash over here. Mike Caragliano, my fine uh, board up here. There's no reason why he shouldn't apply to be um, the next secretary of state. I mean, he follows politics. I mean, this was has become it, it just is a, it's a dumb, stupid story. And the reason I say it's stupid is this. And I happen to be a fan of Condoleezza Rice great deal of respect for her she's a lady she's an african american lady rising to the level of secretary of state in this the united states i mean she knows about accomplishing a few things and i think she's a tremendous leader but you know all due respect to uh Ms. Rice, she had said, and, and she, you know, she, she said that, that she, on her Facebook page, she professed a deep love for the Browns and said, I know they'll hire an experienced coach to take us to the next level, you know. Uh, but she, she goes, um, on a more serious note, I'm, I'm reading a quote here. I do hope that the NFL will start to bring women into the coaching profession as position coaches and eventually coordinators and head coaches one doesn't have to play the game to understand it and motivate players but experience counts and it's time to develop a pool of experienced women coaches 
I have no problem. I want you to understand this. Um, I think it's great, women in sports. Those of you who followed me uh, for my part of my 30 years here in uh, New York, for many years I had a partner that I did the sports with nightly at, at Channel 9, Monica Pellegrini. Not only was she great at doing it, uh, she, she was a dear, not was, is a dear, dear friend. But uh, first of all, coaching in sports. Women play basketball. I can easily see someday a woman becoming head coach of a basketball team in the NBA. I can see that. Um, baseball. Well, and the reason I say that because women play basketball. Women play basketball. A lot. I mean, the WNBA is not the NBA, but they play at a high level in college basketball. Women play, I guess some women play baseball, but, you know, the big thing is, is softball. But So women, women play. Okay, women play. Women don't. Don't really play football. I know there's some w- women uh, playing tackling football in certain leagues, but they don't play. Listen, I've covered sports for 30 years. I am not qualified to be a head coach in any of the sports. I'm not. I played sports, but at this level, I'm not, not qualified. I might be qualified to take a position on a team, but I'm not qualified to be a manager or a head coach. I'm not. And I'm going to respectfully disagree, especially when it comes to football. Uh, I'm going to respectfully disagree with Condoleezza Rice that one doesn't have to play the game to understand it. No, you don't have to play the game to understand it and be able to motivate. But I think for football, I'm not saying the other sports, but for football, I seriously believe you need to play the game Need to if you're going to be a coach. Okay, so please, I don't want any calls. Oh, Russ is anti-women and this and that. Farthest from the truth. Like I said, was it Becky Hammond? Yeah. I I mean, people, women coach in sports, and it's great. I applaud it. It's progress, and it should be. I just, you know, that, that business that one doesn't have to play the game to understand it, bingo. I agree with that. And to be able to motivate, I, I get that. But but understanding it and having played it and living it is far different. Because then you know exactly. It's, it's one thing to sit back and for me to look at something when I'm watching and say, oh, yeah, that was. But I didn't play that game. I, you, you, it, it's just different. I, I just 
genuinely believe it's different. Now, this the stupidity of this whole story, though, is that, oh, they're seriously considering or they're considering her as a coaching candidate. Where, where the hell does that come from? You know what that is? That's let me throw shit up against the wall and hope that it sticks. That's all it does. Every People are more worried about being first. And ESPN was the ones that come up with this anonymous source. I, I have an anonymous source. Somebody told me that uh, Crash here is going to be a jockey in the Kentucky Derby this coming year. Yeah, actually, Crash just said he'll be the horse. Yeah. I don't know where you get that from. <laughs> No, but but really, it, it you, you can't just throw shit up against the wall and hope that it sticks. You know, a long time ago, when I first got into this business, long time ago, I was up in Toronto, and the, the, the news director said, speaking to a group, he said, in this business, even if your mother tells you she loves you, you got to check out the story. Of course, your moms love you, but the point was made. In this business, you got to check everything out and verify it, not just run with it. People are more, more concerned today than being first than being right. And you know what? Over the years, if that caused me to be on the backside, not be, being first, I'd rather be right then wrong. It's okay to err on the uh, on uh, you know be cautious. Just become silly. The stories become st- just dumb. It's an attention grabber. Former Secretary of State. I, hey, listen to me, folks. If former Secretary, another former Secretary of State, if Rex Tillerson was told, if I read, let's take Condoleezza Rice's name out of it, and it said uh, Rex Tillerson to be a candidate for the Cleveland Browns head coaching job. I would say the same stupid thing. I would say, how stupid is this? Where's his experience? This is not about her being a woman. This is not about anti-woman. It's just about qualifications. For somebody to throw that up, I'm sorry. So believe me, it could be Rex Tillerson. It could be list them all. Colin Powell. Nope, I would have said the same thing. Maybe I'll have Hillary Hillary Clinton as uh, offensive coordinator. Now, actually, she's a Democrat and Condoleezza Rice is a Republican, so that wouldn't work out. But you, you understand what I'm saying? Let's not be silly here. Let's use some common sense. On a far, far more serious note. So I'm watching my football yesterday, and uh, my wife and I settled down to watch 60 Minutes. And former Falcons defensive end, who I got a chance to know a little bit because some years back, um, we did, when I was over at Channel 9, you know, uh, and, you know, we were owned by Fox 
and Fox also moved in. Um, they were bringing back Current Affair. And Tim Green, former NFL player, former linebacker and defensive end with the Atlanta Falcons, actually, and this was after his playing career, actually uh, was the, the host for a while. You know, I don't know if it lasted a year, but uh, yeah, and they, you know, he was the host. So I got to, to, you know, chat with him a few times, you know, just casual, like, hi, how are you? That kind of thing. But anyway, uh, yesterday, well, he, he revealed it during the week and we got to see it yesterday. He's been diagnosed with ALS. And I'll tell you something, folks, watching that just, it was gut wrenching. It ripped your insides out. And it it really affected me because those of you who know me or know about me, you know, I've been involved with the Muscular Dystrophy Association here in New York for 30 years. I hosted the Jerry Lewis Telethon, was used to host it with Tony Orlando, uh, the, the New York part of it, you know, here in New York with, with Tony for all those years. Got to know Jerry Lewis fairly well. And neuromuscular, there's like 40 neuromuscular diseases, 40 of them. They all suck. Nothing's worse than ALS. Nothing's worse than ALS. I'm not saying this to be dramatic. It's a death sentence. It sucks. You know. It's the official, we call it ALS, it's amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. Probably probably became famous because of the former great Yankee, great Lou Gehrig, and it's called Lou Gehrig's disease. It's just an awful, awful, awful disease. It's, they call it a neurodegenerative disease that affects your nerve cells in the brain and your spinal cords. You know, it, it's, it reduces your muscle function. It's, it's, it's terrible. You know, Green, Green had said that, you know, for the past five years, he's been coping with some kind of neurological problems in his hands. And, you know, initially the doctors thought it might have been, uh, you know, he had done something with his elbows or, you know, some kind of nerve damage. Then uh, he was diagnosed with ALS. You know, and his, to Green's credit, you know, um, he was talking about it. His is slowly, it's slow progressing version of the disease. Whether it's slow or fast, folks, it's awful. It's not a happy ending. He's got five kids. He's married. It, it, it's it's not a happy ending. And the, the reason I'm talking about this, I'm not trying to be dramatic. When somebody, when when in, we do this all the time, it's, it's not just it's 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 not just um, what do you call it? Uh, it's not just athletes. 
or, or uh, actors or actresses or singers. But when somebody famous gets this kind of news, it becomes topical. It becomes kind of headline. And in a way, it's good because it brings attention to this terrible disease. But in a way, I don't want to say it's bad, but I can tell you people Joe Blows, Joe Schmoes, Mary, whatever her name is. They they get stricken by this. The poor working stiff who works around the corner, digging a ditch, mopping a floor. He gets, or she gets hit with this. It's a terrible, God-awful disease. I've come to know this disease up close because I've come to know many, many, many families. And I can tell you, not one of them had a happy ending. Now, part of the problem, you know, there's been at least something like 15 other former NFL players who um, have been found to have ALS. And that, that includes uh, the former 49er uh, legend uh, Dwight Clark, who I think passed away in June. And... Uh, What's the most recent guy? The, the, uh, the, um, Steve Gleason. Steve Gleason for the Saints. He, he former Saint diagnosed, well, revealed in 2011, you know. Fortunately, he's still with us. You know, it's not good. You know, and, and these families and these people are strong and they fight the fight and they don't give up and they're back the, the the backing and backbone that they have of their families is just tremendous and the toll it takes on their families the toll is it, it's unbelievable i mean i when green i'm getting choked up talking about it when Green was asked if he would change anything, he said he changed nothing. He would change nothing. And he says like he's at his best right now. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, It always amazes me how I talk with people like that. I mean, you know, they show courage, you know, talk about courage in the face of adversity. But the, the reason I'm bringing this up, folks, everybody's worried about this. I mean, it's the holiday season. It's Thanksgiving. And you know what? You want to do something for the... For the um, Tim Greens and the average, the ordinary working stiff in this world. You know, instead of buying your usual supply of lottery tickets, why don't you donate that money this week to uh, the MDA, ALS Foundation, whatever you want to do. You know, it's holiday time. So it's supposed to be a time of giving. The other thing that that... You know, I wanted to, you know, mention, look, as I've said, you know, there have been other NFL players. So a lot of a lot of the question is, does football cause 
ALS. I'm not a clinician. Not a doctor. I don't think football causes ALS. Head trauma is a suspected risk factor. And I've got that exact terminology from the uh, chief of neurology at uh, the hospital for special surgery. But it also says head trauma is a suspected risk factor, but can in no way be thought to be a cause. And obviously, you know, when Green played, Green's 54 years old, 53, 54 years old. You know, the game has changed. You see, we all get pissed off. How do you throw that guy a penalty? It's football. You got to No, They make sure guys are not using their heads and helmets as weapons or trying as best as possible. So it has changed. You know, um, I mean, football causes a lot of things. I'm sure it doesn't help your knees as you get older or your back or your elbow or your ankles. Really? So I, I just don't want the public out there to, and, and I'm getting this from doctors, folks. I'm not getting it from, you know, pulling it out of the air. I just, it's it's important to understand, okay? Head trauma is a suspected risk factor. A suspected risk factor. But it can no way be thought to be a cause of ALS. You know, I mean, of course it kills us. You, you know, when you see a guy like Tim Green, he was a two-time All-American playing for Syracuse, drafted by the Falcons, 17, 17th pick overall. Guy started 71 games. Had 24 career sacks. You know, I, I mean, you're talking a big, strong, strapping, handsome guy. And then this happens and it puts your life in perspective. Puts everything in perspective. So um, I'm not trying to be a, down here, a downer here, but, you know, it is the holiday season. And, uh, you know, they call it Thanksgiving. You and me, we have what to be thankful for. I got two beautiful daughters. I got a beautiful wife. My daughters are married to great guys. I've got three terrific grandsons. I got what to be thankful for. They're all healthy. They're all healthy. In three weeks, excuse me, in, in two weeks on December 3rd, I'm hosting, uh, uh, I MC. I shouldn't say I'm hosting it. I MC this Big gala, we call it the Muscle Team Gala. I've been doing it, for, I think this is the 23rd year for the MDA. It's called the Muscle Team Gala. We raise like a million dollars every year for it. This particular year, our uh, special guest is Derek Jeter. I'm going to be doing a sit-down chat with him. They call it a fireside chat. But I meet the parents. I meet the families and the kids. Let me tell you about neuromuscular diseases. I'm very proud to say each year, and the MDA did this some years back, I think it's seven, eight years ago, uh, they came up with the Russ Salzberg Champion of Hope Award. 
and and we pick somebody each year who's deserving. This particular year, I'm picking a family. Uh, it wasn't ALS. It was different disease. They lost not one, not two, but three sons to neuromuscular disease. So what I'm telling you is it's ALS. There's 40 neuromuscular diseases. It's Thanksgiving. You got what to be thankful for. Hug your family. Enjoy your holiday season. And uh, we will talk to you after the holiday season. Right now, that is a wrap on today. I want to thank all of you for getting a load of this. Now, I'd like to get a load of you. Contact me. You can contact me on Twitter. Let me know how you feel on Twitter. It is at Russ Salzberg. You know where to get me on Facebook. You can also go to my uh, website. Real simple, russsalzberg.com. Check out my blogs. My thanks as always to the one and only Crash, a.k.a. Mike Caragliano. Mikey, have yourself a great Thanksgiving. want to thank Tim Einenkohl, the tremendous OG podcast producer who edits this, puts it all together. Uh, to Craig Schwab, 77 WABC program director. To his outstanding assistant, Matt Dahl. And last but certainly not least, to all of you's people out there, because without you's people, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So again, have yourselves a tremendous Thanksgiving, uh, all good things for you and your families, and I'll talk to you next time. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.